today is Baptism Sunday, and what we thought we would do today is talk a, a little more about baptism and make the message about that, especially if you're new believers or you've not been walking with the Lord that long, which I hope there's plenty of you here. We're, we're that kind of church where we like that, because we want to walk with you, but water baptism's got to look a little odd honestly, coming into the church and things like communion, things like baptism. And so today we're going we're gonna to actually take some time and explain the symbolism, why we want to do this act of obedience called water baptism. And some of you that can't see it, there's a baptismal right behind me, so I will try not to back up too far. And then at the end, we're going we're gonna to do this. But also think about it. Um, we're also open to this t- today to invite spontaneous baptisms. Yeah. So first service, how many, Lydia, did we have? I can't count. We had a whole line going around the side of just spontaneous people saying, I want to get baptized. It was awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. (laughs) So if you're here, whether you're a new believer, you just got saved or you get saved today as we pray, or you just don't remember your first baptism and you're like, it just wasn't meaningful. I want to get re-baptized. We'll just do it today. We'll send you home with a towel and (laughs) we don't have new clothes probably for you, but we are going to send you, you can keep the towel. That's your gift from Lifeway. (laughs) Um, We're going to do that. All right. So think about it as we, as we go through this message, we want to start out by um, playing a clip from last Sunday. If you didn't see Lydia's message from last Sunday, it was really good, by the way. And so she talked a little bit about water baptism and how the Lord was leading her to do it in, 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 in her. And so we just want to play that as, as we start off today, because it was just that good. So listen up here. And, and the impressions that he can give us kind of just can feel like they're just you, but I promise you often they are God trying to speak to your heart. And so one of the most powerful encounters I had of this, of him putting a, um, just like a, a gentle pressure and impression on my heart was around seven or eight years old. Um, I, my parents had grown up in, in going to multiple churches, house churches, sometimes no church. You know, they were like, we are the church. And so I kind of grew up with nothing um, very formal as far as church settings. And so I just had this impression of like, I need to get baptized. I don't know if someone spoke about it or what happened, but I told my parents, I was like, I'm getting this impression, I need to get baptized. And my parents were like, okay, honey, okay, we'll do that, you know, wait till we can orchestrate it, we'll go to the beach, because we live in California, and my parents were like, we'll do, you know, authentic, do it at the beach, you know. And, um, And so, but time went on, like at least another year, I think it was, to where this impression of like, I need to be obedient. I'm hearing God, I'm feeling God tell me I need to get baptized. And so I happened to be at a public pool with another Christian family that we often did house church with. And we were at the pool and I swam up to my dad and I was like, dad, I need to be baptized. This is an act of obedience in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I was like, can we just do here? You know, I was basically basically telling my parents, I'm, I'm done waiting for y'all. I need to obey God. And, and so they just joined in a little circle around me, and I got baptized at age nine. And I share that to say that you guys have been hearing the announcements that we've got a baptism coming up. And if you're one of those who said, yes, the Lord, and I don't care if it was 20 years ago or just yesterday, that 
if you're getting that impression of like, you know what, it may even make no sense to us. Why this whole like, go under, dunk ourselves in the water and, and, and say, you know, no longer our life who lives, but Christ who lives in me. But it's, it's what God asks of us. So it's one of those mysteries of the gospel that we say yes to him and obedience. And so we're gonna allow for even spontaneous, if it's, you know, registration's closed, don't worry. We're gonna make a moment for you at the very end of our baptism time that you can get in line and you can obey. If you've had that impression, if you had the Holy Spirit speaking to you and God putting that impression on you, we want you to get baptized, all right? But that was a powerful experience that I had of God's communication to my heart without any words. It was just like a, I need to do this, you know? And that's sometimes the way that God speaks. Yay, thank you, Lydia. Wow. <clears throat> you preached it four times now, Lydia. We got, it's good. It is so rich. And, and so, by the way, what I wanted to do at the beginning when I was talking about Jimmy is I really wanted to pray for him. Can we do that quick before we move on? So um, let's just join. I think uh, Jimmy's back in the house. He's right here. He's just trying not to talk today, but, um, but he's here and he's doing well otherwise, right? So Lord, just join with me. Spread, take, take your hand if you, if you want to join in and just in faith, uh, spread out your hand toward him. Lord, I declare healing over Jimmy. Mind, body, soul, and spirit, I say be healed. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak to Jimmy's voice box, and I say be healed, be fully restored, and be made whole in the name of Jesus. All God's beautiful people said amen. Thank you so much. Well, hey, here's some directives right from Jesus himself, otherwise known as the Great Commission. Some of you are going, I've heard about this Great Commission. What are we commissioned to do? Well, here's what the church is told to do by Jesus himself in Matthew 28, starting at 18. Then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And he repeats himself, or maybe it's the same story, but in Mark 16, written by a different author, Mark, starting at 15, he said, he said to them, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And so why do we baptize? Well, the main reason is because Jesus told us to do it, right? And so it is an act of obedience. We do what Jesus told us to go and do. It's our great commission. It's why we're believers. And because we're not dead yet, we still have a commission. We still have a mission to accomplish, right? you're still alive and you're a follower of Jesus. That's our mission. Thank you that one or two of you agree with the mission. Wow. <laughs> Busting on you just a little. First service was a lot more animated than you, just saying. <clears throat> well, isn't it, isn't it cool? Isn't it better though? Let's say it that way. Isn't it better to know why you're doing what you're doing? And to have an understanding and maybe what we would call a deeper revelation of this ritual um, that we would call baptism, this, this Christian rite. Um, and so we, it's also known as sacraments. If you're in some churches, call them Christian sacraments. Communion's one of them. Um, and, and, of, and of course, baptism is another one. It means a sacred ritual that's instituted by Jesus. 
So it's much like communion. And so when I talk, when I talk about communion, if you've ever been here in a Monday night prayer worship or, or now we're doing Wednesday nights, but when we talk about communion, we, we've told you many times, it's not really about the juice and the bread. It is, but it isn't, right? They're, they're symbols so that you get a revelation. You know, the juice meaning the, the, the blood that was shed for you and the bread meaning the body of Jesus Christ. And then the, you get a revelation of what he accomplished on the cross. And when, when you take the juice and the bread, you're remembering what he accomplished for you using natural elements to trigger something and to trigger memory, but to trigger revelation, right? So Jesus knew that we need this kind of stuff. And so he instituted it. He said, do this as often as you remember me, as often as you remember me, right? And so baptism's not that much different. It's, well, it's not that different, except it's a different kind of thing. It's a different revelation. It's more focused on the revelation of what happens when a new believer comes into new life in Christ using a natural element like water and this ritual, if you can call it that, some of you are cringing at that word, but it really is. It's a process of just obedience and saying, using natural water, praying, being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's not about the water necessarily. You know, it's about what you're recognizing is happening and coming into new life. And so we need these things. And Jesus said, do these things so that it helps you to recognize what's been accomplished already at the cross and what's happening on the inside of you. Does that make sense so far? There's, there's nothing special about this water. It's pumped in here from the city of Lebanon. I think it's pretty safe. It's purified. <laughs> they call it purified. <laughs> don't drink it, I'm just saying, don't drink it. But it's purified. <laughs> but we don't pray over the water. <laughs> we're, not, we're not those that sprinkle holy water or anything like that on you. That's, that's maybe Catholicism, but we don't do that here in, in Protestant churches. But it's about your act of obedience and following through this Christian ritual. It's what's happening in here. It's what's happening with you and the Holy Spirit as you follow through. That is absolutely supernatural that's going on in identifying with Christ. Amen? So there, that's the sermon before the sermon. What, what, what I'm gonna go through is like seven different things that baptism really means. And, and just to help you get a deeper understanding and maybe a, a deeper appreciation for this thing that Jesus instituted and said, go do this, go baptize people, get them saved, get them baptized. So number one, baptism is immersion. Someone say immersion. What, what a great word. In Greek, the name baptism, the word baptism actually means to be immersed. It's, it means immersion. And that's why we baptize this way. And what I mean by this way is we have enough water to put you completely under. We'll bring you up in a second, don't worry. But, <clears throat> but that's called immersion. Being fully immersed is what the word means. Now, when I was uh, 16, I think, my parents said I should get baptized in, in the Protestant church that I was in. And so they sprinkled some water on my head. And believe it or not, I had a full thick of hair, uh, a full head of hair, thick hair. I can't even talk. Let me start. I had a full head of thick hair that quickly, that quickly soaked up all the water and that was called baptism. Anyway, miracles can still happen. I might get my hair back one of these days. Um, if y'all keep praying, y'all keep praying, I'll get it right back. <clears throat> but anyway, so we're not here. What I'm saying is we're not here to diss the way that other churches do it. That can be meaningful. It's really about what you're identifying with, the finished work of the cross, the new life that you're coming into in Christ. 
right? But it means immersion. That's why we baptize this way and put you fully under with enough water to drown out all your sins, right? <laughs> so John 14, 20, and I like this verse because it says, Jesus says, at that day you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I in you. And just speaks of a full immersion. We are in him, he is in us, I am in the Father and we're all become one. And so I guess my question today when I start out is do you feel fully immersed in your life in Christ? Or are you just dabbling? Like, I like to go to church now and then, you know, find some, find some place to go and attend. If that's what it is, I'm beckoning you and calling you into a life of immersion where Christ is in you and literally affecting every area of your life and all the decisions that you make. You literally feel like you are one with Christ Jesus and with Father God. That is what the Christian life is calling you to, and that's what we should be pursuing, Amen. And it's called immersion and nothing better to symbolize that than water baptism, being fully immersed. And that's why he said, do it. Number two, baptism is purification. Um, Acts twenty two sixteen. what are you waiting for? Paul said to them, get up and be baptized and have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. And so as you follow through again with this act of obedience and this act of faith, you're recognizing that because of the finished work of the cross, Jesus did indeed take every bit of my sins and wash them away. Past, present, and future, he made an available place for you to come and get your sins forgiven again and again if you need to, but he's not gonna go back on the cross and do it again. He made provision for it once and for all. And if tomorrow something goes awry and you stumble into sin again, you have a place to crawl right back to and say, it's still there for me. I receive your forgiveness again. It's not Jesus going back on the cross. It's you recognizing what he already did and then reapplying that truth to your life. Does that make sense? And so baptism is, again, recognizing that purification. I need my sins forgiven. You don't have to tell people that they're sinners. That is, that is some people, if they're, if they're really proud, I, I could, maybe should take that statement back. But most often, people know that they have sin in their lives. It's just that some people don't care, right? But, but, but you can recognize that and go, yeah, most people know that they need a savior and they would love to experience the forgiveness that only God can bring. And what better way to experience that than going through baptism? Number three, baptism is identification. Somebody say that word, identification. I'm using big words today, but they mean something. Romans 6, one to four, Someone's asking Paul if they should just keep on sinning. Paul says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Paul says, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? Wow. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. Ask God for revelation right now. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. That's a brainful, isn't it, right there? So, so what does it mean? It means that what Jesus did on the cross, he did for me, but maybe even more, he did as me. He did as you. 
and he died the death for you that you were supposed to die because of your sin. And so basically, basically he's saying that, that I did it for you, you don't have to do it, but now you can identify with what I accomplished and it's just as much yours as it is his. In the same way that you say, I died because Jesus did, I identify with what he did, I am also raised to new life because Jesus rose from the dead right after three days. And now I identify with that as well. I am raised to new life. That is now my identity. My identity is no longer the old man, the sinful man. I am now made righteous through Christ. And that is my new identity, a new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus, no longer the old. I am all made new. And so when people say I'm a sinner saved by grace, I go, no, no, that's not actually true. <laughs> Some of y'all said it. I've said it. I've even preached it. You are now a saint who sometimes stumbles and sometimes sins, perhaps, but you are made righteous, and now you ought to identify as a saint, a follower of Jesus. And if you read your Bible, my Bible, it says, to the saints, to the saints in Corinth, to the saints, to the saints in Ephesus. To yeah. think, right? To the saints. Amen. That's a good word. I just preached myself happy with that little sentence right there. It's such a good meditation, isn't it? It doesn't mean that you're made perfect in every way, but it does mean that you ought to have a new identity. Amen, somebody? Good. Let's move on. Come on. There. He got it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Number four, baptism is initiation. And that's another big word, but it really is. We, we get initiated into something. Mark 1, starting at verse 4, the messenger was John the Baptist, and he was in the wilderness, and he preached that people should be baptized, get this, to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. He's like, show me. Show me that you're actually repentant from your sins by doing this initiation right kind of thing. And then you're actually making a public statement here in front of all Jerusalem and Judea, you know, that you are turning from your sin and turning a new leaf, so to speak, and coming into a new life of repentance and forgiveness and asking God to be forgiven. It says, all of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and, they, and to hear John. And when they confessed their sins, not all of them did, but a lot of them did, when they confessed their sins, and then he baptized those people in the Jordan River. And so they were, they were feeling very much like being initiated into something. Now, now, initiation wasn't entirely new to the Jewish culture. Maybe we don't see a lot of it here, but maybe you've heard about the, the Jewish bar mitzvah that they still celebrate today when a, when a young male turns 13, a young man, and they, they have initiation prayers and they, they speak things over them. It's actually really cool. I wish the English culture would do so, some more of that stuff. It's actually not, not bad at all. It's like an initiation, right? Like you were a kid, now you're a man, right? And now they actually do a... Um, a I think something's called bat mitzvah, which they invented later, surprisingly. But that's for girls because they recognize that the girls too need to have a sort of a, a rite of passage into adulthood. And so, well, funny enough, they do it at 13 for boys and 12 for girls because girls mature faster than boys, apparently. <clears throat> so I'm like, I don't know what's up with that, but I guess I believe it. It could be true. <laughs> but anyway, and so when, when, when Paul was saying... Here's, the, here's like the initiation pr uh, process 
into the kingdom, so to speak, to preach Jesus, they weren't that unfamiliar with initiation. That's what I'm trying to say by that. Acts 16, this is a really cool story because it shows that the initiation process happens quickly and it wasn't that foreign at all to anybody. Acts 16.30, the jailer who was jailing and keeping guard over Paul and Silas. Uh, I should preface the story by saying Paul and Silas got free, right, as they were worshiping, right, and they broke out of jail, but they didn't want the jailer to be killed for their sake, and so they really didn't run away. <laughs> and so they stayed and ministered to the jailer instead, said he wouldn't lose his life, Paul and Silas. And th- anyway, the jailer could see the power of God and all that was being displayed. And, and the jailer brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Basically he's saying, what's, what's the initiation process here? What do I do from here to go to there? What do I, how do I get what you got, basically? Isn't that cool? What do I need to do to be saved? And so Paul said, and Silas said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in that house. And he took them, listen, the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. (laughs) Immediately. Let's just get this done. I mean, just that quick, there was this awareness like we've got to be initiated into something. Let's go. And they went and found some water, who knows where. Maybe they had to go down to a lake or down to a creek, or maybe they used some some big tub, who knows. But immediately, they all got baptized, the whole family. And now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all of his, of his household. And we, this is, is amazing stuff happening right there. That's this move of God in that, in that jailer's family. Now, This is sort of where we get that paraphrase, which really isn't in the Bible, but we like to paraphrase things. We say baptism is an outward sign of an inward transformation. You've heard maybe somebody say that. But we get it sort of paraphrased from these things because first and foremost, they said, I believe. I believe in Jesus. He is my Lord, my Savior. I got what you got. I now believe what you believe. And then comes this idea that I need to follow through with what God said to do next, with what Jesus said to do next, and that's be baptized because it solidifies and it's a public declaration. And so we, we, we say things like it's an outward sign of an inward transformation. And someone said, where's that in the Bible? Well, it's really not. It's, it's just taken from the understanding of these verses, paraphrase. Number five, baptism is a supernatural event. Colossians 2.12, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life. Here we see it again. Because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Some people call this the divine exchange. Man, what happened is only something he could accomplish, but he gave his life for me and he died so that I can live, right? It's called the divine exchange. When I, it's not possible without a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, amen? So we recognize that following through with things like this in this Christian ritual that we call baptism, it's, it's recognizing that I need supernatural help and it's a supernatural revelation that is, now, that is now coming to my understanding. And it's not just about the water. It's not just about Sunday morning at Lifeway. There's something deeper going on, amen? Something only the Holy Spirit can accomplish in us. How many say, I need supernatural help today? Yeah, me too, every day. Number six, baptism is faith's response. That's a bit of a tongue twister for me. Response 
to faith is what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Faith's response, Acts 2, 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children and to those far away, all who have called uh, by the Lord our God. So what we're simply saying is like when you believe there's a response of faith and, 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 and a response to that faith. And then you say, okay, like, like, I believe, what do I do next kind of thing? What's next? So we call this step number two. We call baptism step number two. Step one is to say, I believe and I receive that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Step number two, I'm gonna be baptized and I'm gonna be initiated into the family of God. So number seven, baptism is a choice. We want you to know that the baptism part, getting in the water, going through this process is indeed your choice to respond. Luke 7, starting at 29, and I'm gonna read this in the New Living Translation. It makes more sense to me with how they worded it. It says, when they heard this, all the people, even the tax collectors agreed that God's way was right. For they had been baptized by John as well. But the Pharisees and experts in religious law, they rejected God's plan for them. For they had refused John's baptism also. And so you can accept and you can reject. It, it still is your choice. It's free will. And so the finished work of the cross is there. It's a done deal, but it's waiting for you to receive or not receive. And so when you look at all your friends and neighbors and you're just going, are they saved or unsaved? That, that's, up, that's something going on in their heart between them and God to the level that they've accepted and received what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Amen. But you can clearly say to them, this is for you. This has been done for you, whether they ever receive it or not. Amen. Acts 8, I love the story in Acts 8, starting at 35, when Philip, uh, one of the disciples of Jesus, was traveling. He came upon an Ethiopian eunuch. And this, this eunuch was actually reading the word of God, reading some scrolls, and he just didn't make much sense to him. He's like, how am I supposed to understand this? And so Philip jumped on his chariot, I think it says, and actually drove with him for a while. Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, he preached Jesus to him, helped him make sense of what he was reading. And now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? <laughs> well, nothing, man. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. <laughs> I think he said that actually, but it's not written like that. <laughs> Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. You may indeed get baptized. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so they commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him right then and right there, just those two. And he walked right into the kingdom of God. Amen. Isn't that just a really cool story? I believe and I'm going to get baptized right now. So where are you today? Where, where are you today in regards to your salvation experience? Let's talk about that first. Because that is always step number one, I believe and I receive. And so maybe you're here today going, I'm not 100% sure 
that I know Jesus Christ and that he knows me that well. Well, he does know you that well, but you don't feel known by him. You don't feel connected with him. Do you feel immersed? As like baptism demonstrates, do you feel immersed in your walk with the Lord? You're like, yeah, I sometimes pray. I sometimes believe I'm in the kingdom and then most of the time I think maybe I'm outside looking in. Maybe you're here today and you're asking that same question that the jailer asked of Paul and Silas. And they said, what must I do to be saved? How do I avoid hell and inherit eternal life? And how do I escape this sin nature? That's what a lot of people are asking. How do I escape this sin nature and then learn to live a righteous life that's pleasing to God? Can my sins be forgiven? There's some of you here today are going, I believe that God can forgive sins. I'm just not sure he'd like to forgive all of my sins. That's one of the biggest lies still today that there's some sins God shouldn't forgive or doesn't forgive. It's called condemnation. There is nothing impossible for God. He can and will forgive you of everything that you need forgiveness for, amen. If you're here today, I want you to know that you're loved by God. But the answer, the answer is still the same. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. It's still the same answer today. We preach the same gospel that they preached. Well, right where you're at, every eye closed, just let's just honor this decision moment and honor the people all around you. Some of you are feeling the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit just, just prodding, prodding you right now. Some of you, you feel it in your heart, you feel it in your mind, you feel your heart beating a little faster. It's reminding you that you indeed need a savior and his name is Jesus and that your sins that you never repented of can be washed clean today. You can bring them under the cross. You can feel forgiven. You, can, you don't have to leave here feeling the same way in the same position that you came in. You can leave here forgiven, maybe not perfect, but forgiven. You can leave here calling yourself a saint and not a sinner. <clears throat> I want you to leave here today with the idea that I am, if I die, I will live in eternity with Christ. And did you know that hell was not made for you? It was made for the devil and his angels. You don't actually belong there. You belong in heaven. You were created for heaven. Peter preached the words of the prophet Joel on the day of Pentecost. And I just wanna go there again real quick. The day the Holy Spirit was poured out and the church was birthed, starting in Acts 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Come on, somebody. And on my men servants and all my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and as signs in the earth beneath and blood and fire and vapor of smoke and the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass, listen, that whoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord can be, shall be saved. That word is still true today. If that's you today and you're like, I wanna make sure that I'm in, 
I want you to shoot your hand up in the air boldly. Raise your hand in the air right now. Thank you. Amen. I just want to make sure. Maybe you want to jump to your feet. I don't care. There's room for that too if you'd like to just stand and acknowledge Jesus Christ is my I see you. Thank you. We're going to hover. Thank you. I see you. You want to make sure that you're indeed included on your way to heaven, missing hell by a landslide. Amen. You weren't created for that. You're created for heaven. You belong with the Father. You were created for eternity with Jesus Christ. Anybody else? I saw two or three. Amen, I see you, brother. Thank you. Thank you for your boldness. God, give them courage. Give them courage to jump into the kingdom of God. Yes, amen, so good. All right. Let's pray. Let's all pray together. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus Christ, I call upon your name today. I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of all of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live a life that's fully pleasing to you in every way. Amen. Join me in welcoming those few into the kingdom again.